A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and an episode from The Vaults. That's right, with nearly 500 episodes under our belts, I thought we could revisit some of the conversations from The Emma Gunn Show archive that really resonated with you, but that also cover topics that are central to this podcast, a hunger for knowledge, positivity, overcoming obstacles, and striving to be the best version of ourselves. If you are a long-time listener of this podcast, you may remember when this episode was first published. You may even have listened first time around, but I'm aware that new people find the show all the time, and with hundreds of episodes in the back catalogue, it can be quite the task to catch up. So for this series, I'm bumping these conversations, the one that you've told me you love, to the top of the feed. A conversation that really resonated with you was the chat I had with Rochelle Humes back in July 2019, where we talked about the power of positivity. And when you think about everything that Rochelle has achieved from pop stardom at a very early age through to continued chart chop chopping, chart topping success in one of the UK's most successful girl bands, The Saturdays, and now huge success as a television presenter and as one of the UK's best loved TV personalities, not to mention the fact she is also an author and a fashion designer. She has achieved so, so much and unpicking that journey and how she's navigated it because there have been challenges along the way was something that I really enjoyed listening to and speaking to her about, but I know that it was something that really resonated with you. I did say this at the time when this originally went out, but I was able to get this time with Rochelle because she has a role as an ambassador, or at least did, I'm not sure if she still does, for John Frieda. And we do touch on those products, but I bumped this episode based on the emails and DMs I had about this show at the time and since, and how much people enjoyed tapping into Rochelle's positivity and authenticity. Just so, just so you're aware, there might be a product mentioned, but this is not a sponsored episode. So without any further ado, from the vaults, it's Rochelle Humes on The Emma Gunn Show. Well, isn't this lovely? This is very nice, isn't it? Rochelle Humes, I'm so glad that you're on the show. Oh no, thanks for having me. Because Pleased to be here. Good, that's that's pleasing to hear. <laughs> you are, um, I've uh, met you before, like many, many moons ago <laughs> when I worked on magazines, 
But I have always thought of you as somebody who is, and I was saying to the uh, girls earlier who are in the room, I've already referenced them, (laughs) you are a real go-getter, but you're a very, very positive person. Yeah, I think I'm definitely glass half full always. Mm -hmm. Um, Annoyingly so, I think sometimes. Um, But that's just always been my outlook. I'm definitely a go-getter. I just believe there's like, especially now in 2019... I just believe there's no ceiling and I just think that, mm. you know, there's, you're not, you're not limited. You're not, you shouldn't be pigeonholed now. And I think it's happening less and less. You can just go after what you want. Mm. And, you know, I'm all for that. I'm all for a hustler. You know, that's kind of, yeah, that's my attitude. I love the hustle. So going back, you've been working from a very, very young age. Mm. How do you know? How did you know what you want I mean, it's, it's funny, isn't it? You say working, like some things I really... I guess technically I am working. Um, but particularly when I was young, I didn't really didn't see it as work. Mm. I was just kind of living out every little girl's dream. So, yeah, it really didn't feel like a job at all. And it, and I I definitely know that because then when I sort of relived the same sort of industry as an adult, mm. um, we were very sheltered and very well looked after. And we were given a lunch break at this time. It had to be this many hours. And, you know, we literally had a ball. <laughs> and, yeah, being in the same field as an adult is very different. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, like, oh, okay, well, all right. We don't get to sit down for a lunch break for this long. And, you know, yeah, so I definitely learned that we were very well looked after. Um, but, yeah, it's crazy. I've been in the industry for a very long time. Mm. Um I got in Club Juniors when I was 12. And before that, I was doing West End musicals before that. So I think, yeah, just quite some time. It's about 10 years old. Do you, did you always know that you, did you always know, you might hear some clanking in the background, listeners, there's yeah. something going on, Apologies. but we'll, we're going to crack on. <laughs> um, did you always know that you wanted to take it beyond just like doing theatre or music at school? Yeah, like, always. I always knew I had like a hunger for it and I, I was never sort of comfortable in just being like, oh, okay. You know, because I, I there was a lot of friends that from my actual school that we went to the same sort of performing arts sort of club at the weekend and I could tell when they'd start to sort of grow out of it and then mm-hmm. they were more interested in just hanging out with friends or, you know, rather it, it sort of stopping it being a hobby at school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was never over it. And I kind of knew that because my friends along the way had sort of like everyone was dropping like flies and I was like <laughs> still desperate to be involved. So I kind of knew I was never going to tire of it. That's really interesting because I think at that age, it would be very easy to kind of go along with the crowd and go, well, yeah. I feel everyone's doing that, so I'll do that too. But you've it's obviously funny. got a very strong... Yeah, I used to... I, yeah, I've always been strong-willed in that. And I think I, I used to make my mum pretend I was grounded so that I <laughs> couldn't meet my friends because I wanted to you know do extra hours at at my you know at my performing arts club so Mm. you know I kind of which is funny I'd be like oh I've got a birthday party on that day but I don't really want to go mum can you say that I'm grounded (laughs) you know so my mum's like you're always grounded people are going to wonder what's wrong with you Um, (laughs) what were your crimes did you ever say what you were grounded for no I was just like oh me and my mum had an argument and she's not letting me go out (laughs) because in the end it started becoming embarrassing because I was just putting that before anything else Mm. um which is you shouldn't be embarrassed about that was my choice but it just when you're young Mm. it's just less awkward isn't it to have those sort of conversations I suppose Mm. when you you so you get into it you're in a pop band Mm. from the age of 12 and yet there's all 
maybe when you were slightly older, there's lots of other opportunities that are available to you. And what I think always impressed me about you was that you were seeing them. You weren't just tunnel vision. Yeah. You've, are you very much somebody who gets into a situation that some might see as like an, a goal destination? Yeah. I think also, I think you can also have more than one passion. I don't feel like, you know, that when I used to go to performing arts school, you would sort of study dance, acting, singing, you know, media, like it, it wasn't just, you know, oh, you have to be a singer and then mm. that's all you can do for the rest. And I think sometimes this industry, I think we're growing out of it now, but I definitely think, yeah, I think sometimes you can pigeonhole you and then you're sort of not allowed to then move on to a different, you know, move into mm. something else. I think that's quite silly really, because I think that's just not, when you're in the industry, it's so broad and it's so varied. It's just mm. amazing to enjoy all of that. And I think, my passion has always been performing, be it on television, be it on you know on stage. But telly has always been a big passion of mine, as well as singing. So I think I always knew I wanted to explore both avenues. Mm. And before the Saturdays, I went on to do kids telly. So I used to host kids television for CBBC every weekend. Is that smile? A smile, yeah. Fern Cotton done it. Reggie Yates, myself, and then. Um, a guy called Barney Harwood, who is still very much a big player in the kids' world. Um, yeah, so I think I kind of... That was always my passion. So I always knew I wanted to go back to telly at one point because I just love the buzz. Mm. I love live television. I love just being in the moment. I kind of love the danger of anything could go wrong. I kind of... It just, <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's like a really good adrenaline rush. So I knew I wanted to go back to that. For me, it was just a case of when. And mm. then when we sort of called time on the Saturdays, there was no, like even desire for me to record a solo album or a solo record I didn't I didn't I didn't do it and mm. I think everyone was like oh so you're gonna put music out and I'm like no I want to go into telly were there offers I would imagine at that point yeah oh d- yeah definitely and I think not um I just it just didn't I think maybe I'd done that for so long and it just mm. I just didn't want to do that anymore I sort of parked it there with the girls and that was that and I wanted to do something that was really me. Mm. And telly's always been that. So, yeah. Did it keep also, I guess, maybe it kept the Saturdays in your mind a little bit sacred? I suppose so. Yeah, maybe. I just think I was kind of happy with the success that we'd had mm. and what all that we'd achieved. And the thought of doing it on my own when I wasn't really, at that point, I was kind of, you know, we'd put pause on that and I was kind of happy that we had. Mm. We all were, hence why we did it. Um so yeah I wasn't longing to go back and do that same thing and do the sort of same circuit by myself Mm. I was just really excited about sort of a fresh endeavor and something new yeah it's it it speaks of paying attention and actually trusting yourself so I'm curious and I ask a lot of my guests this but is there somebody who instilled that sense of self in you like a role model or a mentor who taught you to trust what you think I mean I suppose my mum in the sense of like you know she she raised us on her own and she was very she's always very much been like you know you only live once you go out there and get what you want and she's always been like that and she's also been the kind of you know she's never which I really admire actually that she's my mum's single now and she's dating which kind of freaks me out because she tells me everything um (laughs) but she's never been like when we were younger you know she could have stayed with my dad you know, she wouldn't have been happy, but she could have done for the sake of us. Mm. But she kind of taught me what respect was at a really young age because she was like, I'm not happy in this situation. She was very open and very frank about it. And 
she's always been that way. If she doesn't feel right in a situation, you know, life's too short to be stuck in a situation mm. that you don't want to be in. And she was very much like, you know, I'm still going to be a good mum and raise my kids, but I don't define being a good mum staying with, you know, the other parent if it mm. doesn't make you happy because I think that reflects on your children. So I was always kind of brought up that way. So I think maybe that in a sense of like knowing what's right for you, mm. she always knew what was right for her. And also, I guess, not doing what other people would yeah. expect you to do or like yeah. what you should do. Exactly, exactly that. Do you have a, this is a funny word, should. I've come to see it as a really toxic word. Mm. Yeah, I suppose it is really. And I think everyone is so, obviously everyone's individual and every story is different. And I'm really just not down for sort of going with, you know, going with what you like you say what you should Mm. be doing because really what should anyone be doing Mm. and that's the beauty of where we are in the world now like there's the there's so much change and you can be who you want Mm. you can be gender neutral and be at school like that's okay now that happens Mm. so I think it's it's only a positive it is only a positive yeah you have what I would describe as quite an entrepreneurial spirit because when you go through what you do fashion beauty you have a beauty range like yeah I know it's crazy isn't it you seem to do everything that um you seem to do the things that a lot of people talk about that's always been me like I sort of I don't just talk about it like I want to do it Mm. like I'm not one of those people that I wish I would have done that a couple years ago when I was talking about it for so long Mm. because now someone else might have done it or you know I'm always sort of on the okay that's 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 just always my buzz that's my drive Mm. like I'm have my fingers in lots of different pies but I just find it that's sort of what sort of gets me going I love Mm. that um I love the creativity behind it and I just think yeah I just like I said I just think you have more than one passion Mm. and it's okay to kind of be passionate about lots of different things is it learning as well do you like do you like constantly testing yourself and learning new things yeah always and I think life is that and I think you just have to I think you it's just important to keep your brain active when you're comfortable in one thing and you know exactly what you're doing Mm. and you know exactly I think it's just always good to just be kept on your toes Mm. what's the thing that's kept you on your toes the most do you think oh it's a very good question I think life (laughs) generally (laughs) keeps me on my toes I think I've got two kids which I'm constantly like learning as a parent just daily it's just you know a daily lesson so I'd, so I'd yeah I would say having two children and just being aware of the different ages and you know they live com- two completely different lives obviously I've got a two-year-old and a six-year-old mm. and just you know they're both so different so everything I thought I learned about being a mum the first time around <laughs> I know nothing with my other child because they're just so different so it's like parenting all over again um but I love that. Mm. I absolutely adore that. It's unpredictable as well. So yeah, with the amount that you do, uh-huh. um, I imagine that there must be quite a bit of planning in place. Yeah, I mean, I have a really good crew of people around <laughs> me that kind of, you know, it's not just me at all. And a lot of the time they're chasing me for, you know, can you do this day? Or can I like, yeah, 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 sorry, I just didn't articulate that yet because I was, you know, at sports day and something else was going on. Then I forgot, then it was bath time and then I was back at work the next day. So I think there's a lot of like, I'm quite an organised person generally Mm. in life. Um, 
but yeah, I, th- I can't take credit for that. Logistically, my diary is a nightmare. Mm. But I just go, okay, this is what I want to prioritise for the next six months. Mm. So this comes to the forefront. Obviously, my kids and my husband are way above any of that. So if anything happens at any point or if, you know, like a few weeks ago, sports day got rained off on the day it was supposed to be and I'd kept it off work and then moved it again to a couple of days ago. And I'm like, well, we're going to have to rejig that whole day because I'm not missing it. Mm-hmm. My kids are my number one and that is the way it will always be. Um, but yeah, apart from that, logistically it is a nightmare. And I know that I just kind of... Just I look every Sunday, me and my husband, we sit down and we go, this is the, the next week. And I think that's the only way to do it. Like we yeah. know obviously roughly what's going on um, in our diaries, but we just, that's the way we mentally process it. Right. Mm-hmm. We go so on a Sunday. So we go, right, you're here. I'm here. Okay. So you're working on this day. I'm not brilliant. Okay. We'll swap. And um, you know, mm-hmm. if there's anything that can be swapped and it needs swapping, we'll always do that. And then I guess it's the rolling with the punches when something does totally. come up and, um, it seems like your reflex, instead of going, oh, is to go, all right, we'll just run with it. Yeah, I totally. I'm just like, do you know what? We're very lucky. This is a first world problem that we're having. <laughs> you know, it's fine. We can make this work. I mean, listen, inside, a lot of the time I'm like, oh, you know, you're terrified. Oh, God. And I, at the end of the day, I'm like, we'll message my husband. I'm like, can you believe we pulled this day off? <laughs> I'm not sure how it happened, but we did it. Um, so yeah that's kind of like my little like yes and I think you know anything's possible it's just what you want to make happen and I think that's it and I think people are like oh how do you have time to see each other I'm like because that's our priority like if you want to see someone you'll see them and then everything Mm. else will fall behind but it's just about prioritising and I've realised that more than ever especially now like sort of hitting 30 was a bit of a defining moment and I'm not scared to say no to anything like if I don't want to do it I'm like no Mm. it's not for me like lovely thank you so much and I don't I don't see no as a negative where I used to feel like if I used to say no not just work-wise generally in life um that people would think badly of me or Mm. oh I don't want to do that oh god I'm so embarrassed I don't want to but it's actually fine Mm. if anyone ever said to me oh no I can't quite do that oh no that's not really for me I would never take it personally Mm -hmm. so it's just knowing that the way that I take it is probably the way everyone else is going to take mm-hmm. it too. If I say it's okay to say I've just pushed myself a bit much that way, I'm going to have a quiet mm-hmm. one. It can be, particularly in your 20s, I don't know about you, but it felt like say yes to everything. Say yes to every opportunity because you never know. Because you're kind of taught that, aren't you? You sort of go, you know, take it with you know your arms wide open mm-hmm. and just see exactly, you know, why not? You're here to live and now in the 20s is a time where you should mm-hmm. be grabbing things with both hands and... Mm-hmm enjoying yourself so I think that's programmed into everyone Mm. that one day you're going to be old and you're not going to get those opportunities so enjoy it but yeah I think now I'm just okay with myself and I think a lot of that has to do with being a parent and Mm. being in control of that and saying oh no it's not for me and also not being swayed by people oh no but I really Mm. think you should do this because of x y and z knowing that actually yeah no I'd hear what you're saying I'll take it on board but it's still not for me Mm -hmm. I'm being okay with that I think that's that's been a theme that's come up on this show quite a lot is trusting your inner voice so that when somebody does say, I do think you should have a look at it. Like yeah. I was house hunting recently, yeah. for example. And I said to the estate, I really don't want to go and see that. It's not in an area I want to look at, blah, blah, blah. And they sent me this long email. I really think you need to see it because you just don't mm. know. And I went and it was exactly as I expected. Yeah. I was like, why didn't I trust why myself? Why didn't you trust yourself? I know, it's silly because sometimes you do want to have that sort of maybe I am wrong mm. you know maybe I should maybe you know so I'll always hear it out 
But if I've heard it out and I'm still sort of, you know yourself in my gut mm. thinking, oh, I still don't really want to do it, I won't. Do you, be- do you believe in listening to your gut? Definitely. Has that always been where your ultimate decision making has been formulated? Yeah, I think so. I think you just always, you know what's right for you essentially. And I think you can think that you don't because mm. of, you know, other influences and other people and other voices around you. But you do it when it comes to raising your kids when it comes to work, when it comes to relationships, when it, you know, whatever it might be, you know what you want to do at the end mm. of the day and you know what you should be doing. It's just whether you listen to yourself or not. I think it just depends what character you are, whether you yeah. can be talked around and, you know, which I have been at some <laughs> points in my life, but I've just grown out of that, which I'm really happy about. Since you have learned to say no, mm. have you ever, ever said no and seen something that you might previously have said yes to and thought oh I'm so glad I didn't I'm so glad that has validated time I think yeah like oh I can't think of an example of my head but yeah a lot of the time you know when you you hear sort of things and you like you you take other people's opinions on board and you're like oh maybe they're right and then you have that sort of day or two you're like oh I've said no now that's it and then you might have seen now I'm talking with a work head on but then I might have seen someone else Mm front whatever it is that they were saying that I should do and I'm like mm. oh god thank god I didn't do that that's so not me <laughs> but it's not you know so that's where you know just to trust yourself have you ever um I'm assuming that you're on social media a lot I'm on social yeah, media a I lot the whole world is on social media <laughs> I'm on Instagram it's that's how drug. I know my friend's birthdays now which is terrible I'm like oh happy birthday they someone else posts going happy birthday I'm like oh yeah good quickly text them happy birthday babe <laughs> i was saying the same thing this weekend about i would not know people's birthdays no. anymore i don't i think it's just like so old school isn't it sending a card and i mean exactly when it's someone's birthday yeah unfortunately not <laughs> i have to wait to see and if they're not on instagram then i probably won't have wished you a happy birthday nothing in it <laughs> just i didn't see it <laughs> but one thing that, it, that social media can do is it can throw up comparison mm. And do you think social media is a, a positive place or do you sometimes get caught in that comparison trap? I think, for example, today I just come from hosting This Morning with Philip. We hosted it today and um, there was a lady that was on that we interviewed that was lovely. She, um, she has cancer and she got told 12 years ago that she, only, that she wouldn't make her 40 if she's now not... So I think she's 52 so she's kind of like outlived what they said she was going to live. She went into remission for a few years. She is now like having palliative care. So she's terminal and she knows that. And kind of every day we're treating as special. Um, she was so, so lovely. And she basically left a comment on this morning's Facebook page, I think. And I think this morning posted a post about the royal family and whether they should post pictures of the christening or something. Mm-hmm. And she then posted underneath saying... You know, I absolutely love the Royals, but this is my... You know, and just was just chatting away, you know, I feel like we... I've had cancer for this many years, obviously then can't work, etc., etc., which means that... I mean, bless her, she had a terrible story. She ended up losing her son last year, and she hasn't been able to afford the, um, the headstone of the grave because... And she was basically saying, I've been in this situation, and I've paid tax for my whole life, I've been to university, I've studied, I was a teacher, and... At the minute, you know, they won't show pictures of their family as much as I love the, love the royals. And we're also paying for their house to be renovated mm. when I can't afford my house anymore. And I, can't, I couldn't afford that for my son. And it was just a really, like... And it wasn't a 
sort of angry message. It was mm. just a message to say, you know, like, I just can't believe that we're in a world where two people can live such different lives mm. and I did pay into the system and now I'm not reaping anything. And she got, she basically went viral because of this message and it, it would like just sort of got picked up. Anyway, we interviewed her today on the show and then because of that message that she, that someone had tagged this morning in that she'd put, we then got in touch with her and then today she, her other daughter and grandchildren live in Texas and this morning did so well, they arranged for them to surprise her live in the studio. But, you know, so what, what my point is, out of something for her, which is really grim, mm. social media, if used in the right way, you can connect people and you can... And today then, live on this morning, we raised way more. She had a Just Giving page for this, and she was way over double what she'd asked for for the gravestone by the end of her being there. And, you know, so if it's used in a positive way, mm. it can really be... It's an amazing tool. It's an amazing tool for businesses that are starting mm. out and but then I think like anything in life when it's in the hands of the wrong person or not even the wrong person because we've all got the ability to be nice mm-hmm. um but used in such a negative way then it's obviously not a good thing it's not a good thing when when I uh, when I think that kids or you know teens are seeing it and thinking that there should be like a girl that has docked the hell out of her picture <laughs> And so I think there's really it swings and roundabouts for me, mm. but I, yeah, I think that with anything in life, like you can make great things happen if you want to, but there'll always be those negative people. And I think it just sums up the world mm. in general. I've had um, you're reminding me a little bit of what Jen Sincero, the author, said mm. when she came on the show when she's like, "This is a choice. You have totally. a choice to get up and be positive." Yeah, totally that. And I think you know, you're what's crazy is. Anyone can sit behind a phone or a keyboard and type what they want. Mm. But really, would they have... You know, if you can say it to my face, then I welcome that. <laughs> but if you can't, and you would literally shout from across the street and run away, then that just shows the sort of person that you are, you know? Mm. Um, but listen, social media, I'm so lucky and have a really lovely following and a nice sort of group of people on mine. And I think it's what you make it I mm. think you follow who you want to follow follow people that are going to make you feel positive and not negative and mm-hmm. so you do have a choice in all of that yeah it's true mm. I want to come back to what you said about six months and goals and priorities yeah sorry I'm I'm putting the word goals in there mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you do set goals if you sit down and say whether it's on December the 31st or at any point you say do you know what I feel like I feel like I'm building up some momentum with work so for the next six months I'm going to see if we can make X, Y, and Z happen. Do you do it like um, that? Yes and no. Like, I don't ever really have... I suppose everybody has goals as such, but I don't, like, really, like, sort of write down a formula as mm. such and go, this is the bucket list, this <laughs> is what I want to happen. But I do kind of go, okay, this is my passion, I'd like to focus on this this yeah. year, or whatever that might be. Mm. Um but then sometimes it is a case of just riding a wave and if you're having a good period, mm. you know, this that I wanted to do might work now or mm. and just sort of judging it. But I think that's just life. I think, but yeah, every sort of, every New Year's day, we normally go away for New Year because it's the only time that we can sort of guarantee that we're going to get a holiday together as a family. As in like mine and Marv's industry goes really quiet and mm. the summer if we get a kid's holiday is very like last minute. Yeah. Um, and New Year's Day, I always sit down and I watch The Secret. Obviously, I've read it loads of times, but I watch I the, you, um, the visual yeah. one. And I just give myself a little boost of, like, going into the New Year. And, 
Yeah, I do that every New Year's Day. What do you get out of The Secret? It might be really personal, but um, what, what for you adds such value that it means that you revisit it time and time again? I just think if you put anything out there to the universe, it will come back to you in the sense of like, I think negative breeds, negative energy just breeds for more and more negative energy, um, which is obviously not anything like health related. Obviously, that's just you've sadly got no control over mm. health to some degree, you know. Um, but yeah, I think I think the company you keep as well, I think, is got such a big thing to do with that. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm not sure really what I take from it, but I always sort of feel really like re-energized mm. by watching it and I just think if you just visualize what you want you will get that if you just mm. keep sort of on at that and sort of working away to it I think because you've only then got mm. one sort of direction that you can go and that's to get what you're after is it because um and this is for anyone who maybe doesn't know the secret or has heard about it and isn't quite sure how to apply mm. it but it's different from wishing isn't it it's almost like you yeah. put a structure behind yeah, your wishes. Yeah, it's almost like little things, like just mentally sort of visualising stuff. So they call them like vision boards. I mean, it all sounds a little mm. bit airy-fairy. It's actually not. It's really simple. Like writing a list of what it is you actually want, mm. looking at that list as often as you can, and don't just write it and then that's something that you did on New Year's Day and forget about it. Like keep sort of coming back to that. Mm. And, you know, slowly it starts to happen and it all starts to pan out. Um, little things they say on there, like, printing off a picture of your dream house and sticking it on your fridge and you know some of the stuff is a you know is a little bit far-fetched mm. but the premise of it i think mm. is just brilliant it's just to be life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com and just sort of think towards that mental goal constantly and I think the more you you know the more you think they say thoughts are things is what Mm -hmm. they say and I really believe that yeah and curious um I'm curious about whether when you have a goal it seems like you reach a lot of them I mean look like touch wood (laughs) um I think do you know what I work hard I'm such a grafter and I don't like I'm not blowing my own trumpet with that but I just think and that's what I try and show my children that it doesn't happen because you go okay this is what I want to do Mm. where is it all and I'm trying to have to teach that to my younger siblings and stuff because I think they're sort of a little bit more millennial (laughs) and they seem to think that this is going to happen and they're going to live this Instagram life tomorrow Mm. and it's not about that like you know you're gonna get knockbacks but that's all part of the story at the end when you get there Mm. um so for me it's yeah a lot of my goals have worked out but not because I've sort of you know, rubbed a crystal ball and, and they've appeared in front of me is because I've put the time in 
And that's, yeah, that's kind of always what I want to show my kids, mm. that you have to work to reach what you want. Don't rely on someone else to bring that to mm. you. You know, you're, you're your sort of own master, really. And it's interesting to me because I feel I feel a little bit similar. I, I definitely would describe mm. myself as a grafter mm. and a hustler, meaning that I work. I put a roof over my head. Yeah. No one else is responsible no. for me. And But I would... I would be a bit funny about saying that in certain company. Yeah, and of I course. think it's funny. I think it's interesting. It's, that the, you... it's the British thing. I think you <laughs> yeah. just you have to be. I, I remember watching. Was it ages ago? I remember Fern Cotton did a documentary, and she followed lots of different people's lives. And I remember her um, being away with Craig David somewhere because they're quite good friends. Was it at his Miami house? And it was at his Miami house, which was just epic. Um, but she was saying like, why the move to Miami? Because it just seemed very random in like the peak of his mm. career. He just got off and up to move to Miami and he was saying that just the whole vibe about being stateside to being here is just so different in the in the where it's when it comes down to positivity like he remembers he was driving a car that he'd wanted since he was a tiny little boy and he bought this car and he got to a point where in his career where he felt really happy about that and he it was a convertible I can't remember what car it was but he had his roof down and someone said to him as he was driving through London, oh, what a flash so-and-so mm. and all of this. You can imagine, some yeah. choice words. And <laughs> then he was driving the same car in America and um, someone was like, hey, man, nice car. You know? uh. So he's just like, the difference in like, we're sort of programmed to have to keep people grounded by mm. sort of bringing them back down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, which, is a, which is also, on one side, is amazing about mm-hmm. us. But another side, you think, what's he? He's minding his own business, driving his car that he's worked very hard to have. Where's the negative in that? You yeah, know? yeah. So yeah, I think it's just kind of it's the British in us. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and on the way to goals, I'm very curious about this at the moment because in my own life, I realise that I've been so goal oriented that um, I haven't been enjoying the journey. Yeah. Have you ever experienced that? I think that. that's a big thing. I was actually saying that to Marvin. We were saying that last year. That was one of our New Year's resolutions of just like live in the moment because mm. you set yourself little milestones and if you get to one mm. of them, you're, you're too busy thinking about, well, tomorrow I've got this on because you're working towards the next half of that milestone yeah. rather than going, yes, we achieved this little bit that we didn't think, you know, that at one time we was, mm. that was a, a wish and a hope. Yeah. And rather than just living in the moment a little bit more. How do, how do you do it? Have you? Just... I don't really know. I'm still sort of. I'm still. I've not mastered that one yet. But we're trying. Like the other day, we well, a couple couple of months ago, our, we had a um, brand new show that we first show that we our own show together, mm. and um, we'd had a really busy week. And he said to me, "What are we going to do the weekend when the show's on? What should we just have a takeaway and our mum and our mum and dad can come over." It's like, do you know what? No, this is exactly what we said that we wasn't going to do, you know, when Mm. it comes to life. So I was like, right, okay, let's get all our friends together. (laughs) You know, we we hired a room somewhere and put it on a big screen and we just got all our friends and we celebrated. We opened a bottle and we were like, okay, let's, let's, you know, let's celebrate Mm. this milestone. So we did. But it's so easy to crawl back into that, like, oh yeah yeah oh no it's really good but I've got to be up so early tomorrow because mm, mm. life gets in the way but I think it's just sort of being I mean we're always grateful and we always appreciate everything but I think it's just sort of saying it out loud a, bit, a little bit more yeah I feel like uh the what's come up a lot from listeners as well is there's always a reason not to do something when I've been getting messages yeah. of like 
I didn't do that because I was saving money for this. So I didn't enjoy Always. that or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, I think that's everything in life. Mm. <laughs> like, is right, is, is right now the right time to have another baby because we might need a bigger car or there's not enough room in this house? Or if you think like that, you know, life just wouldn't happen, I think. Mm. You just have to just go with your gut again and just, if you want to do something, go for it. Yeah, this is true. Well, which brings me on to the book, actually, because I I really love the book oh, and I love what the book is about. So it's the mega hair swap. Uh-huh. And again, it's sort of, I wouldn't say it's out of left field for you to do it, but equally, it's not like, oh yeah, I, of course she's going to, when it came yeah, out, it was well, like, it, of course. It was just one of those really natural, organic processes. We'd, and we had never sat around when I'm planning my year and figuring out what we're going to do where writing a book wasn't part of that <laughs> plan um it literally was just a natural thing that I really I called my agent and I was like I've been through this whole journey with my little girl and not loving her hair and long story short is that she loves to read and she was at that age where she's really getting into it now mm-hmm. in school and particularly when I wrote the book um and there was no there what I went to a bookshop I looked on Amazon there was no sort of book that I really felt that did what it needed to and say what it needed to say mm that could sort of encourage her to sort of love herself. So I called my agent. I was like, I'm, re- I'm thinking of writing a kid's book. How hard can it be to write a kid's book? Um, you know, a picture book for a youngster. I need, a, I need to meet with a good illustrator. I need to just, I just really want to do this. She was like, all right, okay, I'll set you up. Let me just figure it out and set you up with some meetings. So then a couple of months gone past, we met like a couple of people, went to meet a load of different pub- publishers. Um, Cause when they heard them, they were interested that I was doing it. And then, I found a publisher that I just loved and instantly we sort of had a connection because her little girl said the same thing to her right. and we sort of hit it off and I was like, okay, cancel all the other meetings from the diary because there's no <laughs> point. I know I like this woman. She'll she again. gets again. My gut again. Um, she gets me. She gets what this is about. Mm. This is what we're going to do. And then then I met, it, I literally, they sent me like all the these amazing illustrators and there was this one girl called Rachel Suzanne who had just just was at college, young. She's from Birmingham, and she really got the hair. Mm. When, and I just sort of had like this real sort of connection with her. That I was like, okay, this is the girl. Mm. And they were trying to push me to use like this one's really established. And I'm like, no, no, no. Well, if I don't give her a book, when's her first book going to mm. be? You know, she's great. Why not? So that was that. And then yeah, then that's how that happened. And it's. Now I've got pressure on the publishing team to write another book. And I was like, well, that's something that I felt super passionate about. So mm. that's why that book. So, yeah, that's the only thing that happens is that then they go, okay, <laughs> we need another one now because it done well. <laughs> and I didn't expect it to do it, mm. you know, anywhere near as well as it has done. But I think it's, it's I, every day I get a message saying, thank you so much for this book because you've really helped me. And, mm. my, you know, my little, I was really struggling and it's really, it's such a good story and, when it was World Book Day earlier this year, I couldn't believe the amount of messages I was getting of little ones dressing up as May, the main character from my book. I was just, I was so overwhelmed. Um, so yeah, so now I've got to think about another story that I feel equally is. Because I'm, I'm only writing another one if I feel as passionate yeah. about it. Because I'm not here to become Roald Dahl, you know. <laughs> I just, <laughs> it just sort of happened and it, there was a real sort of place for it. Mm. And it wasn't you know there's a real gap in the market for what I was trying to do um 
so yeah it started as sort of a self-indulgent thing but I suppose everything does doesn't it mm. and also it's it's wanting to be heard as well isn't it it's, yeah. it's believing in something and feeling so passionate about it that you thought I this needs I to be so. out there and also the um the stats when I was I stumbled across this piece that I think the Guardian ran when I was writing the book about you know how little um bang characters there are in children's publishing mm. and the lack of diversity and I think it was something like I think in across schools I think almost 40% of young children in school are of a BAME background and 1% of children's publishing featured a lead BAME character. It's crazy. Like, it's so, honestly, it's like the Dark Ages again. And I think then even 0.0 whatever it was, was a female BAME character. <laughs> Gosh. I know. It's Honestly, it's, 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 cra- it's crazy to even think that's a thing, to be honest. You know, we're in 2019. It's, it's unbelievable. But in children's publishing, it really, really is behind. Mm. Um, so then obviously that gave me even more of a drive. So I think just, you know, how we, we need to... You can't encourage children to read and write if mm. you're not sort of, you know, they can only be what they can see, you know. And I think that if you want to catch their attention, every child should be able to recognise themselves in a book. Mm-hmm. And that's that. It's not, it's not really up for discussion. That's fact. Mm. So... Yeah, that's my aim. So that's sort of then become my aim for book two, just to, you know, and not just race from a disability point of view, from a mm-hmm. sexuality point of view. I think, you know, children should be able to sort of express themselves in that. It is that thing of uh, being able to look to the media, whatever that media might yeah. be, and see yourself reflected mm. back. Well, I think it resonates with you, doesn't it? Mm. And that happens at such a young age. You can see that. And, you know, the messages that I get from little ones are so excited because they think that is them in the book mm. you know which is crazy but you know yourself you only if you follow people on instagram that you think oh i quite like doing what they're doing or whatever mm. it might be because you know you can recognize yourself or you can recognize your passion or you can you know it you relate to it mm. so you can't expect children to sort of be engaged if they can't see themselves no very very true well i'm very intrigued to see what the um what the next one will Me be. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. If you've got any ideas, send them my way. <laughs> but it is the thing, but it is that thing about it has to be true to you. And that mm. seems to be another core of whatever the work might be, whether it's writing your book, whether it's TV presenting, like you don't, you don't align yourself with something that no. is incongruous. And I think I've been through, I've been younger and I've been through that stage and I, um, where you might, maybe I've endorsed something that I wasn't really sure about. But now it's very much like, well, since the past, I suppose, five years or so like you just get to a stage where you know yourself more than anybody else Mm. and I think before that comes back to what I was saying earlier you kind of take everyone else's opinion on who you are (laughs) rather than just going actually no this is what I believe in and I think for me it's really just when it comes to working with a brand or when it comes to hosting something that anyone that I partner with or anyone that I'm aligned with I make sure that it's it's totally me and it's exactly what I'm proud of Mm. and I can talk about it confidently because it, you know, I'm passionate about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, we are talking about the with we're talking about the big hair spot. Let's talk about hair. Yeah. Because you are an ambassador for John Frieda. Yeah, I am. I am. Which is kind of like one of those surreal moments because John Frieda Frizzies was the first product that I ever owned. It's was kind it of the really? only product on the market, to be honest with you, when I was young and 
my hair was curly and and then then fast forward when I started blow drying my hair the serum is what I would use on my hair for blow drying mm-hmm. and it was kind of one of those when um, my agent called me and was like so John Frieda you know maybe we might work together how do you feel about that I was like what <laughs> so yeah it's kind of one of those real weird kind of like full circle mm. things where you're like well it's actually crazy that it's kind of got to that point which is you know amazing and it's great for my kids to see mm. and I think that yeah it was a really like oh my goodness I can't believe they want me to do that sort of phone call mm. to receive in a bit of a pinch me moment but so happy to be working with them I remember back in my early days of beauty journalism frizzies doesn't suit my hair my hair mm-hmm, is just mm-hmm. very fine and flat but um when I first started writing beauty and you'd ask people what their holy grail products were like I used to do a page would be like what's what's in your makeup bag yeah and people would say frizzies 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 yeah like a little cult product the time. It, the hero product because it really was so ahead of its time in terms so of ahead yeah well now that you can get a bunch of serums but at that point mm. no one was doing serums mm. they were the as you say the holy grail um yeah it's just kind of nice to be working with a brand that you feel so passionate about and I there's a product of theirs that is the um the dream curl curl cream and that's mm. kind of like my hero product that's my like I use it every day I can't live without it product really mm, every day there are it's the is it the product that if you were told Rochelle pack your bags but we're going yeah. away for the night you'd be like fine but yeah, I do fine. need that yeah <laughs> and I think even my hubby would know if he if I had to say like pack a toiletry bag for me in a rush he'd know oh yeah that is interesting and I guess as well like natural hair and the movement towards as we've talked yeah. about inclusivity uh-huh. and seeing yourself stare back mm-hmm. it's really really important right totally I think that even crazy things of like um someone said to me the other day I love that what you're doing with all this hair stuff and I don't really feel like I'm doing anything with mm-hmm. hair apart from just wearing my natural hair you know um and yeah, someone said to me, I love just, it's so refreshing to see a, you know, a curly-haired woman on, t- on television, mm. which is crazy to even think that. But I suppose you get used to, I don't know, there's something that comes with having curly hair that sometimes you feel less professional. Or I kind of did like, I did this whole um, item on it for this morning. And um, I went and interviewed like lots of different people and women. And um, I interviewed the beauty editor for cosmopolitan magazine and um yes that's right yeah she was fab she was really fun i love her um and she was they did like a survey and i think they were saying that women feel less professional and i think women may be going into a big board meeting and all everyone does is say oh my god your hair's amazing can i touch your hair because it's curly and it's different they feel like they just don't want to be noticed and i think you associate having big curly hair with someone that's bubbly and mm-hmm. someone that's really, you know, outgoing. And sometimes people just don't want to stand out. Mm. So that was funny. She, there was just loads of different comments from different people and it was quite funny to hear, you know, everyone's sort of different journey behind it. But that seemed to be a lot of it that I just want to blend in. I don't really want people to just sort of comment on it. I just want to, you know, get stuck into my work. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. See, I'm a straight-haired girl who has just been trying to curl it for years and now it's the technology's there. So I can. I yeah. haven't today. It's always the way, though. The grass is always greener, yeah. apparently. <laughs> Did you spend a lot of time trying to straighten your hair or oh, yeah. trying to... I, like, chemically relaxed it. I've done everything to my hair, you know, pre- prior to now. Mm. 
but you know, I think I've, I've just, it's just part of, again, part of growing up and what's natural to you, you'll find will always look the best on you. Yeah. Which is funny, isn't it? You think, you know, oh, I'm going to spend my years doing this and straightening my hair. And now I actually have my hair blow dried at the weekend. Um, and I went out with my brothers and sisters and they were like, oh, I don't like your hair. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? And they were sat there with straight hair. I'm like, really? Like, this is how I used to be all the time. They're like, oh, it just doesn't suit you. I'm like, I was rocking this hair for years and no one felt to tell me that it doesn't suit me. But I think you just get used to, don't you? You get used yeah. to a person, I think. You know, especially now my kids, they see me with curly hair and that's it. Yeah. And it's acceptance as well. It's like a bigger picture, isn't it? Of like yeah. accepting whether it's your body type or your body yeah. shape or whatever it might be. And as soon as you're comfortable with anything, everyone else is comfortable with it. That's Ooh, what you need yeah. to remember. Like as soon as you're like, this is the way I'm happy and I'm going to own it. And you walk around with confidence in that bikini or you, you know, whatever it might be. Mm. People are like, yeah, feel sort of confident because you are it's weird you can you can kind of sort of spread that vibe I think and I think that's really interesting coming from you because um listeners when you work in tv mm-hmm. there'll be a call sheet and Rochelle your name is probably a lot of the time at the top of the call sheet mm-hmm. and in my experience of working on shoots or tv it's the person whose name is at the top of the call sheet that sets the tone yeah so it's very interesting for the whole day for the whole crew oh do you think so that's interesting yeah. To know that. yeah 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 so I think it's very interesting that you say that if I'm confident then everyone else will be confident because that's what I'm projecting. Yeah. I wonder if you bring that to your work. Probably, maybe without knowing. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think if you if you believe in yourself, I think whatever it might be, if you're, you know, if, if I was trying to tell you something that I probably wasn't that confident about, but I could really deliver it in a way that I felt it, and you would feel safe in knowing what I've said. Yeah. It's valid, you know? Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I just think if you're confident, I think that shines. Yeah. Even like you look at things like, I mean, forgive me because I'm spending most of my evenings, but watching Love Island. Um, I'm with you, Rochelle. Uh, it's very I'm sad. You. I mean, I hate to admit it, but it's just so good. I can't <laughs> not watch it. Um, but even like when Maura came in and she was so confident, mm. but that almost that is what, I mean, sometimes she, she overdid it a bit, first of all, I will say. But I think that is, and I think that's what guys get also with men. Mm. I think a confident woman's really like, sometimes it can really sort of intimidate them or just they just find it really sexy just because mm. you're like, you're secure in yourself. You don't need reassuring and, and we all do sometimes. But mm. I think that's really appealing. I have a WhatsApp group for Love Island and when Amy... <laughs> we took it there. I've <laughs> got several. When, um, uh, when Amy asked Curtis for constructive criticism... Oh, my gosh. I was so <laughs> upset with that. I was literally so frustrated. It was just like, oh... And, and bless her, like, she was saying this is her first relationship and she's mm. doing it on telly, which is just yeah. killer. But I'm like, where were the girls? Was no, did no one tell her this was like, you know... She's almost giving someone a manual of how not to play it. Mm, like yes. this, you know, it's like you don't do this, you don't do because she, it's just like she just had no game with it, and I felt devastated for her because she was she's clearly heartbroken over the whole mm. thing. But I'm like, oh gosh, I just need to be in there and just give you a pet talk and say, yeah, like, just stop talking to him for a bit, give him space, go away, be confident, you know, do your own thing, enjoy yourself in there, and trust me, he'll be straight over to you in a doubt like she could have played it so differently and realised that his opinion 
it doesn't, doesn't make you better no, or worse. No. Oh, Listeners, yeah. this is somebody who got rejected in a love reality show and then asked the rejector for constructive feedback on what she could have done differently. It was just a terror. And, and, and but it's so me. And that's he also what wasn't constructive either. He just sort of told her that he couldn't see himself marrying her, having children with her. The thing he said to her, which broke my heart and made me realise uh, Amy was me previously in hmm. uh, like my 20s, hmm. was when he said, you do need a lot of reassurance, which is why yeah. I mentioned it because... Um, you talk about if you're confident, mm. if you're in the room and you're going, yeah, no, everything's fine, and you're maybe you're faking it till you're making it, but you're still sort of projecting. But sometimes that. you know you fake it till you make it. You believe that yourself after a while, and exactly. then you feel better. I think that you know everyone. Don't get me wrong. Everyone needs reassurance. Mm. I think it's just knowing where to get that from mm-hmm. and in what environment that it's okay to, <laughs> you know. I think yeah, you know, and it's, it's knowing who you can trust for that reassurance. Yeah, but it's not the guy that you're dating. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good, it's a, it's a good example of the confidence and like actually, would you say you can reassure yourself? Like, do you have a self-soothing mechanism? If say you have, yeah, I can now. Okay, yeah, and it's more just like, come on, Michelle, you've been in tough situations in this. Just get a grip. You can do it. Like these mental sort of arguments I have with myself right. sometimes, or just you know, you've got two children. What would they think right now if you was worrying about this? And I sort of like, sort of just tell myself that a little bit. That's really interesting. Nice to. Doesn't mean I get nervous because I do. Yeah. But I just think you should always do something that makes you feel a bit nervous. Oh, is fear where the real yeah, stuff happens? Yeah, I think so. Because then you can look back and go, "Oh my goodness, I was so nervous, but I'm so happy with myself that I did that." Mm. And sort of give yourself your own little pat on the back. Yeah, little markers. Yeah, I think so. I remember working uh, on live TV and uh, someone mm. saying to me after a little while, "Do you still get nervous just before you go on?" And I said, "Oh God, yeah." And she said, "The day I worry is when people say they're not nervous anymore." Exactly that. Like I think I, I definitely still get nervous. Mm. I think if you don't, then maybe the passion for it's gone a bit. Is it partly because you're sort of thinking, if something does go wrong, I yeah. wonder what I'll do. Yeah, it, I, you know, I really like this job. I want to carry on doing this. Let's not mess it up too much, you know. <laughs> but yeah, you definitely, I mean, you'd be lying if you didn't. Mm. I mean, different levels of nerves. Not like, oh my God, I'm going to throw up. I'm yeah, so yeah. nervous for this. But just like, <laughs> that little sort of adrenaline buzz. But every now and again, do you think it's good to, metaphorically speaking, do a parachute jump? And throw yourself into that thing oh, that I might... see that. I'm not sure how I feel. But yes, exactly that. Do the parachute jump. I'm not sure if I'm going to jump out of a plane. Or just the big thing, whether it's telling someone that you fancied for ages that you fancied yeah. them. Or doing something definitely, that... Definitely. Definitely. That's so healthy. And you're only here once. Mm. You know? So just... you Like, you know, why not? What if? What is the worst that can happen? That's what I always tell myself. Mm. In this situation, what is the worst that can happen? And is a, if it's a bad thing or the news that you don't want to live, that you don't want to be with someone anymore, whatever it might be, is a weight going to be lifted from my shoulders? Am I going to feel better after mm. knowing I'm not in this situation? Or, you know, whatever it might be. And it always, it always ends up for the better, I think. I agree. You're lovely to hang out with. Oh, God, I don't know about that. <laughs> what, a, what a beam of sunshine. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. It's it was very nice. Very nice chat. <laughs> Obviously, listeners, all of the links to everything that we have discussed will be in the show mm-hmm. notes. But for now, Rochelle, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. 
before you go, I just wanted to say a huge thank you for taking the time to listen to that episode. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation with Rochelle and I. If you want to get in touch with me, please do email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or slide into my DMs on Twitter and Instagram where I am at Emma Guns. And if you feel so inclined and want to chat to me and thousands of other listeners to the podcast, then why not join the closed Facebook group? All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. Thank you once again for your time. I really do appreciate it and I cannot wait to see you on the next one. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.